Hey everybody, this is Brendan Gersall and you are listening to the Speaking of Podcast. Today is a really special day. I'm going to sit down with two friends of mine who happen to be physicians, doctors, uh, Dr. Jeff Cook and Dr. Shola Karipe. And we sit down and we talk about the vaccine and things to consider as Christians. I think you're going to find it really informative and helpful. And I'm hoping for my Christian family here at King's Church, this is really good for just sort of setting maybe some records straight, giving some good information that we all need, and hopefully just removing anxiety and division. That's really my heart for all this. More on that when we jump into the pod. But first, a couple quick guidelines before we dive into today's episode If you are a Christian and you are tuning in, you're watching maybe on a live stream or even at a later date, I want to remind you that there is no such thing as a Christian troll. And so save negative, angry, troll-like conversations for people who don't know Jesus. Uh, And we hope that maybe they'll find Jesus at some point. So no trolling. If you are a Christian and a believer, There is a no troll policy today on the feed and should a troll jump on, we can't control that, but we can kill him with kindness. So please, please do that. Second thing I want to tell you before we jump in is please listen all the way through. Be humble. Don't be defensive. Christians aren't defensive, are we? We are on the winning side. We have a hope that can't be taken away. So let's not be defensive coming into this. Let's be open and let's have a dialogue like sane, sober-minded, well-adjusted human beings. This is such a divisive topic, but we as believers don't need to buy into all that. So listen up and be humble and listen all the way through. And here's my final thing. Stick around after the conversation for just a minute. I have a special address to the church that I'd like you to hear. Okay, let's jump in now to my conversation about the vaccine with Jeff and Shola. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks. Dr. Jeff Cook is with me here. Dr. Olushola Karipe is with me. Uh, my friends, thank you for being here. I want to, before we, we dive in, um, I'm going to dominate the mic here for a minute. So I, wanna, I want to set up what we're doing here uh, because you might not have heard this, but this is a fairly contentious uh, subject. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that once. Did you hear it? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I don't know if you got the memo or not, but there's not, not yet. There's a fair bit of d- <laughs> division about this, and uh, we we might be unicycling together through a minefield right now. So I uh, I want to be sure that we're just we establish some clarity on why we're here and what we're trying to do with this conversation. Um, so he, so here here it is the singular kind of covering factor of this conversation is this is a a church family conversation. You know, this is not a debate. Um, We don't have people here representing different, you know, perspectives or opinions. Uh, Really, this is a a conversation within our church family that I felt prompted as a pastor to try to facilitate that would be helpful to our community. So if there are people watching that are outside of our community, you're welcomed. Uh, but we didn't have you in mind necessarily for this. So, you know, if you're, if you're part of some group, you know, that's watching, that's fine, but just know this is intended for a a family conversation. I don't know if you've ever been uh, at your friend's house when they had a family talk, it's rather awkward, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of what this is. It's a, this is a pastoral effort 
Um, this is for King's Church, our church. Hopefully it serves the greater body of Christ. I do know there's some other churches that uh, we're going to tune into the podcast. Uh, but I'd encourage uh, those congregations to lean into this conversation within their own community and their pastors and the voices that God's given them. So here's what prompted this, though. Um, as has been the case in every you know corner and sector of community, they're presently is, you know, year and a half in, almost two years into mm. the virus, uh, a lot of fear, a lot of angst, a lot of division, accusation, alienation. And these are all things that have no place in the people of God. Yep. And we need to deal with some of that. And there is strength in this collective wisdom that God has given us in, a, in our community. And you guys represent some of that. And so specifically, I know of a lot of people in our church family that are, are still really struggling and legitimately wrestling with the question of the vaccine. Mm. Um, there's some people that maybe have already resolved and have gotten the vaccine and maybe have some attitude issues that they need to fix as well. Um, and then there's some folks that are, are ardently anti-vax that also, I think, have some things to think about as a Christian. And so specifically, that's why we're doing this. But I want to give a little bit of backstory on why I have you guys here specifically. And it has to do with how I process this uh, for myself, but more importantly for my kids and, and my family. You know, when the vaccine started rolling out and they did it here in New Brunswick, they did it like, you know, age demographics first, had first dibs. And, and I was a little late. Um, I was into the summer before I got my, my first dose. And I was a little bit late and a little bit reluctant, mm. uh, admittedly. And like many people, I went down the internet vortex and did some research, um, personal research. I use that word uh, lightly, but uh, concluded that, hey, this feels weird. I don't like I don't like this. And I sort of took that position for a little while. Um, over the weeks, though, as this seemed to be uh, not going away, and I felt like God was having a dialogue with me, and specifically what prompted it was, um, you guys both attend King's Church, and we've been going through uh, the book of Revelation for the last year and a half, mm -hmm. coincidentally with this pandemic. We've been going through John's apocalypse, uh, so it's been great timing. But uh, as we've gone through that, you know, there's been a lot of I've encountered a lot of questions and hot takes about the book of Revelation from people. And specifically, I've had some people come at me pretty hard with things that I've brought forward to the church. And they've had some um, not so favorable responses mm. and, and have hit me back with their research. And specifically research that when I looked at it, it was like, hey, you know, where you're getting this from is not the same as where I'm getting what I got from, yep. you know, your, 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 your resources aren't published. They're not part of this kind of scholarly community that, that it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And the Lord sort of started to convict me that I was doing that at some level with this whole conversation of the vaccine, that oh. I was assuming that my ability to go mine this and figure this out for myself was akin to, people who have spent decades in the field and God kind of used that to sort of start wriggling underneath my, huh. my skin a little bit on um, specifically Brent. I have put medical professionals that you know and trust because trust has been one of the big problems of all of this. Communication has yeah. been one of the big problems of all this. Who do we trust? 
And, you know, the three of us could talk at length about the government, communication, all that kind of stuff. That's not the purpose of this. But God kind of pushed me to, I'll use this word uh, tenderly, but like humbly reach out to you guys, uh, both differently through text and phone call, um, you know, what's, what's your take on the vaccine? Are you, are you doing this? Is it safe for me? You know, what do you think? And you guys both gave me your opinion as yes, you should do it. And that was that for me. Uh. And I decided if it's good for you, you wouldn't do this to yourself or your kids. Uh If you did not think this through, you know, some stuff that I don't. And so I went with that and it was through the relational Avenue though, that, helped me. And I realize in our community, as is the case for the broader community of even New Brunswick or Atlanta, Canada, not everybody has access to those relational means. Even people who maybe don't have a family doctor or they haven't seen their family doctor or they're ignoring their family doctor because they don't trust them or whatever. Like, I know you guys, you are brothers to me. Uh, You've served on our, on our board, your elders at our church. And so I had the luxury of doing that. And so what I wanted to do with this conversation was almost if I can invite our church, like even though they don't all know you, I can vouch for, hey, these guys have spoken into my life and I trust the dialogue we're having. Mm -hmm. And so that's really my hope in this conversation that we can provide some godly insight, can dispel maybe some confusion, hopefully bring some clarity through the lens of pastoral love and Christian community. Uh, Proverbs 11, 14 says, in an abundance of counselors, there's safety says in chapter 12, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise person listens to advice. And so that's why I have uh, you guys here. So Dr. Cook and Dr. Karipe, Jeff Shola, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. (laughs) So before we jump into the questions and guys, the questions. Had a couple questions. There, all, were, there were a few questions. All of the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I just want to state again, just groundwork here. Who is not here? Um, notice that uh, here, you know, on the mic is not uh, any government representation. Uh, we are not here to speak about what the government's doing or not doing. Um, that's not really the purpose of this conversation right now. Uh, there are no representatives of the media or pharmaceutical companies or anybody who's going to profit from this at all. Um, your doctor's not here unless you go to Dr. Karipe's family practice or you are receiving some form of surgery from Dr. Cook. Um, so at the end of the day, you should talk to your doctor. Fair enough, I think. Yeah. And uh, But we're here before you as three Christian brothers, um, elders in this particular community, Two doctors and a pastor who have helpful input to this greater conversation that we hope uh, can help people. So take this conversation for what it's worth. We hope it's helpful to some of you. Um, And so let me set it up with this. The problem throughout this whole thing has been knowing what information we can trust and if you can trust the intentions behind people. And so we're putting ourselves out here uh, for no other reason than to serve Um, out of care for our brothers and sisters in our church who are having a hard time with this. And all three of us have a plethora of personal and professional reasons why not to have this conversation right now. 
but the overwhelming conversation uh, or overwhelming uh, motivation for this conversation is to help our church family. So, uh, so we want to deal with the specific question of the vaccine uh, related to believers. And I recognize, and I do want to say this before we dive into the questions. Uh, I recognize that many of you, uh, especially who are presently choosing not to have the vaccine, feel deeply about this. Um, I have many of the same feelings, uh, even with some of the people who are choosing not to have the vaccine and your reasons why I share a lot of concern, even for our civil liberties, all those things. Like I, I, I get it. Um, and I know I have family members who are holding out on the vaccine um, and we don't intend to intend to offend or condemn or shame anybody. Uh, our hope is that this dialogue uh, we're having will help bring clarity and objectivity for people uh, to rest in like Christian peace. That's really, really our hope. So all the questions came in and we, <laughs> we can't answer them all. Uh, but what we did was we went through and we sort of categorized them because basically there were sort of some similar channels of questions. Um, there was the, the question surrounding like the med the medical data around the vaccine. Like, is it safe? You know, what, what's going on in it and all, all that kind of stuff. There's the, the question of the risks associated with it and the risks to, to your life in the vaccine. There were a lot of questions related to government, uh, questions specifically about, you know, I would categorize as conspiracy. You know, there's pretty sure QAnon hacked us. I'm not sure, maybe not, but there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, questions about, you know, the great reset and just stuff in that category. And then there was questions about the church and our response as Christians. And so we want to, I'm going to break this conversation up into four parts, getting clarity on the vaccine, weighing the risks, uh, biblical interpretation and living the life of peace as a Christian. And then what's the role of the church? So let's get clarity on the vaccine. You guys, I've been talking for 10 solid minutes here now. So I want to jump to you guys. So here's some of the questions that came in and then I'll tee you guys up. Um, can you tell us what the vaccine's made of? Is this vaccine safe? Are the creators telling the whole truth? What's the ingredients, the side effects, uh, I, you know, I've heard so much truth and it's spinning in my head. Uh, can the vaccine cause infertility or change DNA? Um, what do you think of children's vaccines? Uh, that was asked, asked a few times uh, and also asked a few times, why is ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine being blacklisted in Canada? These guys are listening to Joe Rogan, I'd say. And uh, as physicians, how do you navigate helping people separate politics from medical facts? Good questions, fair questions. Yeah. So guys, where do we start with this? How do we start to untangle the questions surrounding the virus? Where do we begin? So I th I'm going to answer that the way I've answered it to everyone else who's, who's asked me, because I get asked this a lot. Uh, now, first off, I'm not an infectious disease doctor. More on that in a minute. Okay. But the way I answer it is, are you asking me from a medical standpoint? And do you actually want to know about the medical side of this? Mm -hmm. Or is this an ideological question? Right. And I think right off the bat, uh, we need to separate those. Mm. Realizing that with 
most, if not all, of life's decisions, there's going to be ideology and a lens that you view things through. Yeah. But um, I think to answer the question honestly, if you're asking medical questions, we have to put those lenses aside Mm -hmm. and look at medicine from the scientific standpoint, which exists for a reason. Science has been around for a long time for a reason. It's because it rigidly studies things as, fr- as free from bias as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. The whole goal of a study is to remove the biases, mm-hmm. identify them, state them, eliminate them as much as possible, and look at things objectively. Yeah. Right. I think Shola yeah, would... Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Looking at the evidence so far... Um, one could objectively say as as a physician that the science is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like you're saying, we do need to remove ideology from um, objectivity and state the facts of the matter as we see them as, as physicians. So uh, that brings up a great point. I'll ask you guys this. So where where have you seen ideology sort of affecting, you know, the actual scientific you know like how where are you seeing that overlap and where are you seeing um you know i I know as i've watched it like just as a a a person with no i don't have a science degree got an arts and theology kind of thing right so i but i have grown immensely and this is part of the reason why i just gave up and reached out to you guys i'd grown immensely tired of hearing the science um, because that's been leveraged as a political talking point at times as well. And so it's very hard for people like myself to separate that, the science used, you know, when in, in, you know, pushing certain governmental policy, it's hard to separate that from just objective data. So I, I, I think where we're running into problems as society is, we have very solid science on it. It's the implementation of public policy yes. that is always going to have its pros and cons, right? Just like no political party has everybody's vote, yes. any public policy is going to have people that champion that policy, and some people are going to say, well, that's the stupidest policy you ever put in. It doesn't change the science and the facts that those policies are hopefully built on, but when we're dealing with humans trying to influence other humans, even if intentions are great, you're never going to have perfect alignment with, with all of society. Right. So again, and, and I'll sound like a broken record probably by the end of this, we need to step back and look at the fundamentals of the mm-hmm. problem. So at its absolute base level, mm-hmm. we have a virus that known, is known as a novel virus. By that we mean it's never been here before. Right. New. New. That's what novel means. Not a book with a whole bunch of pages and chapters. <laughs> also means novel. <laughs> um, it's a terrible novel if that's what it is. <laughs> so we have a novel virus. There have been similar viruses to this, most notably back in 1918, which those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. These are all the same questions that were asked in 1918, yeah, but right. they didn't have nearly the resources that we do. That's absolutely yeah. right. Fortunately, or, the social fortunately media. or unfortunately, they didn't have the yes. internet either. Yeah. yeah. 
But if you look back at the pandemic of 1918, mm-hmm. there are striking similarities between the public policy yeah. challenges and the public debates that are going on now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fun even, fact. And even, I, I would add to that, within the church as well. Abs- like churches absolutely. were shut down. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, right down to the timing of the waves. Almost. Yeah. I mean, it really is it's strikingly chilling, similar, man. and yet yeah. 100 years on, it's like it never happened. Yeah. So... At, at the base level, so if we remove all of the lenses and the ideologies and the feelings around this, we have a novel virus that is affecting humans. Mm-hmm. There is no cure for it. So there's no medicine that if you get sick, you can take this medicine and it will take it away. Okay? So all of the treatments that we have for it are supportive treatments. Now, things are coming down the pipe and there's maybe some medications specifically for COVID-19 cure you pill. Okay. Okay. But as of right now, we do not have a cure or an antidote such that if you get infected with this virus, we can give you this and it will clear the virus and make you all better. Right. We have, we can give you oxygen and we can support you and we can give you medications, you know, support your heart and your lungs, but you still got to fight it off. Mm-hmm. So at its base, that's what we're fighting. We, society, pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. have come up with several variations of a vaccine that you can take to boost your immune system to fight off that infection better. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a cure for COVID. It's hopefully a prevention for COVID. Right. It's a very good prevention. If you look at if if you pool all the data from all the vaccines, it's somewhere between eighty and ninety ish percent, we think. Yeah. Yep. Best data available at preventing infection. So within the realm of vaccines, as vaccines go, it's a decent one. That's oh, right. it's, it's very good. Yeah. Very good. It's yeah. probably one of the best. Yeah. Um, it doesn't 100% eliminate infections, but in the folks that are vaccinated and get an infection, it substantially reduces the severity of the infection yeah. in the vast majority of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at, the, at its core, yeah. that's what we're dealing with. Yes. And really that's what this discussion is about. We can branch off in a million different directions, and all you got to do is crack open Google and <laughs> go down your chosen rabbit hole. Yes. Yep. But at its very base level, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Okay. Again, all kinds of societal implications, religious implications, legal implications, all, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But if you boil it down to what are the facts, what are we dealing with, that's yeah. what it is. We have a virus with no cure, but we have a very good vaccine that can probably prevent you from getting sick and if you do get sick it almost always prevents you from dying right mm-hmm. right it, it 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 narrows those fields right so like it right. reduces your chances of getting it doesn't mean you're not going to get it but if you it reduces your chances and then if you do get substantially. it substantially substantially and then if you do get it you're less likely to get it bad and you're less likely to die is basically significantly the, less yeah i think one of the problems that people are having is that Okay, we do have these vaccines, but can we trust it? Right. Yes, that's the big. I, I think that's the that's the underlying problem uh, that people are having. Okay, so within a year or so, we've got this vaccine that just appeared from nowhere. Right. 
how do I trust that this is good for me today and in five years' time and in 20 years' time? Now, whilst we can't say what's going to happen in 20 years' time, but the evidence we have from the studies so far says that this vaccine is safe. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are side effects to, the, to, to any medication. Yes, people may have swelling at the site of injections, maybe a bit of a headache, some fever. Um, specifically talking about the mRNA vaccine, there might be some inflammation around the heart, which is really, really, really rare, but mm. can occur. Can happen. But ultimately, there are side effects to everything. Yes. Uh, and I think the side effects that we we get um, the, the benefit that the, the vaccine gives far overpowers the side effects that, that people get. Like you say, you know, most people will get either a mild infection or, or almost always um, get no, no death at all yeah. if, you've, if you're fully vaccinated. Right. And so when we look at the science, and we look at the literature and the scientific information that has been produced around the vaccine, we as, as medical people can read through all of these and, and separate the wheat from the chaff and say, okay, putting on my medical heart, this, this is a good vaccine. I don't see any red flags here that will make people, you know, that will make me worry mm-hmm. and will say to my kids, oh, I don't think you should take that vaccine. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. If I can let my family and my children have the vaccine, then I should be fairly certain about the, the information I've gathered from literature. Right. There's so much I want to I jump on. So there's, even out of what you guys just said, there's the conversation of like trusting. Oh, I want to loop around to the conversation about like trusting, uh, you know, medical professionals that you know. I want to I talk about that. Like, like you said, like if you'll give that to your kids... That should, that should inform me. I should be able to take my cue from you at some level. It's similar to, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, like I, and I think this is a symptom of our day, but suffer from like maybe over, overconfidence in my ability to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I was, I shouldn't even say this because you're going to judge me, but I remember I was on a plane one time going through turbulence and I was like, you know what? I'd feel a lot better if I had my hand on the wheel, <laughs> you know? And we I just, would. yeah. I, and then I'm just like, wait, what? Right. What qualifies you to fly a 747? It's the ultimate like, YouTube generation. It, it really that. is. All I need it, is a five minute just video. Just give me a tutorial. I, I got this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so anyway, I want to come back to that. Like just. The, the role of humility and trust in the, especially for a Christian, I want, I want to come back to that. I want to come back to weighing the risks. But before that, we threw the, the word facts around. Mm. And that's another thing that's been really tarnished in, you know, the mainstream media dialogue, social media. No one knows who to trust, what quote unquote science or facts to trust. What have you got, like, what are some of the unhelpful you know, claims out there about the vaccine that's like, that's just categorically false, like that you guys have heard that uh, are changes your, changes your DNA. <laughs> yeah. It, it can't even change your DNA. It's not even possible <laughs> yeah. remotely that an mRNA vaccine would change your DNA. It doesn't even go near your DNA. Yeah. Essentially, what yeah. they did was to get a particle that is a, 
an RNA particle. So goes, first, first of all, just explain what mRNA does. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, exactly. So it essentially, goes it's dissolved into 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 let's call it oil for for just the sake yeah, of clarity, like a liquid. Yeah, so that it's able to penetrate a cell, and when it gets into your cell, all it does is to use the resources within your cell to produce. Uh, what we call an antigen, something that looks like the virus. Mm -hmm. a, a protein. A protein. So mRNA, all mRNA does is make protein. Simple. It doesn't go into the nucleus. It doesn't go anywhere near Where there. your DNA lives. I mean, we're going deep here, but anyway, yeah, you asked. Exactly. You, you, here's your biology. No, absolutely. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't sit us, take us to school. Okay, so, yeah. so DNA, right, the stuff yeah. that, that makes us what we are, lives in the nucleus yeah. mm -hmm. inside the cell. Yep. MRNA does not go into anywhere the near there. Absolutely, so it can't. It can't get in. The only job that mRNA does, it makes proteins. Okay, that's it. That's it. And the protein it makes just looks like the coronavirus. The body sees and says, "Ooh, I don't like this. I better produce antibodies against this." Okay, and that's all that that's happening with the mRNA vaccines. Right. It comes in, produces the spike protein of the of the coronavirus mm -hmm. your body sees it and say okay i'm producing antibodies again I, I don't like this yeah and so the next time the body comes in contact with that it fights it, it knows vigorously fight it. absolutely and that's all the mrna vaccine does it yeah. goes nowhere now your dna is not incorporated into your genome it doesn't go do, nothing mm -hmm. like that so those are some of some of the, the, the sort and, of and then move. just just so you don't think it's floating around and sending off radio waves so that Bill Gates can track you. I've been uh, hearing Mandarin yeah. ever since I got right. mine, so... When I'm metallic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it breaks down. It dissolves. Right. So, so the mRNA just br breaks down and is sort of... Yeah. It's so it's, it's like gone. It's, it's no longer in your body, basically. It's, it's just taught drop. your body how to fight. So it's a protein-producing engine. You get in there, it makes its protein, and then think of it as a block of ice. It's a nice I ice sculpture that makes protein. So even the the prospect of, because there's a lot of talk about, you know, and all of us are, especially doomsdayers and people who maybe have a, a bit of a more sky is falling mentality. Like, we're, I, even myself, I'm looking at like, okay, never got the flu vaccine. I trust my own you know, my own uh, immune, immune system. system to do a fair, um, um, stay healthy, try to eat decent. You know, I'm not going to be going, I don't want to get a booster shot every, you know, such and such a time. But is that basically why some of the conversations surrounding the booster shot, like when they're saying like, you got to keep getting this shot, is that part of the reason why? Because the mRNA goes away or is like, I think the, the reason for that really is we don't know how long the immunity lasts. And with any immunity that we produce artificially, it wins over time. Now, the time lasts between when you like get for, for instance, uh, a tetanus booster. Exactly. We okay. go back every five years up to, to get that. Right. And there's so many other vaccines like that over the years that we get boosters for. Mm -hmm. But the immunity in humans wane over time. Uh, and with this new virus and this, this new uh, vaccine, we would have to wait to see how long, how long it right. lasts. So that's the... That's the unknown part is how how long it, it, they know it is going to deteriorate going to over time we know that yeah it happens with all vaccinations and the other thing we must consider is the fact that the the, the, the virus itself is going to change over time maybe we like it or not yeah 
And as long as it changes, we'd have to modify our vaccines to, to match it over mm-hmm. time. Um, and so we, we just need to be vigilant. And as, as time goes on, more evidence will show, uh, show, us, show us how long this will last. Mm-hmm. As, as Christians, like it, it does sound like if I can just sort of get out of the, the swirl of the, the narratives around it or even my own insecurity or ignorance like that that does sound you know pretty um i don't want to throw the word miraculous around but it's quite something that this has been engineered to to be you know to be an asset for humans to fight against this you know and as christian physicians like what when you think about that like you think about like common grace you know, talk oh. about common grace, like like we as believers believe that med- medicine is a gift from God, Absolutely. you know, and when you see this, is there like, I've talked to more, more doctors, we have a lot of doctors in our church community, and I've, many of them have had, like, I remember talking to um, Dr. Omatoso, and he's just like, this is a miracle, like, this is incredible that this, this kind of came yeah. like this. Do you guys kind of share that, that? I, I would see it more, I like the common grace analogy. Oh. My caution with um, big M miracle yes. term <laughs> is that, uh, you know, it makes it sound like some guys were just sitting around with a Petri dish and poof. Voila. Like the, the worldwide resources that went into creating and producing this vaccine was astounding. Yes, absolutely. Like never before has the, the pharmaceutical come together industry for lack of a better word come together with a common ground i mean the world shut down yeah right like think back 18 months literally like everyone's hiding in their basement no planes are flying no trucks are moving like the whole world shut down yeah and i think correctly the medical community said well the only way we can see out of this is if we mount you know basically the Manhattan Project of right. vaccines. Right. Uh, and it was a gargantuan lift. Yep. Do I think there was great? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, I think that. You know, I see it more as manna from heaven as opposed to yeah. some negative uh, connotations that have been put on it. Yeah. But I really do. I, and I, I absolutely agree with that. I, I think this is just uh, pure wisdom from God mm-hmm. and just manifold grace of God. Yeah, that has made this possible. I know the, the mRNA technology has been around since the 1990s, um, but for um, the, the, the industry to come up with such an, uh, a, 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 an effective um, vaccination in, in such a short time is really, really amazing. And yet, and therein lies a lot of the fear, though, and Absolutely. the skepticism is yeah. the short, you know, how supercharged the development of it was. You know, even that notwithstanding, you know, based on the science from your guys' understanding, it's all it checks all the boxes of of what would be a safe vaccine to take. Like that doesn't that doesn't freak you out in any any way that, you know, this was sped up. It was a Manhattan project. I I had a very similar uh, come to vaccine moment uh, (laughs) as you did. Okay. Okay. 
So I'm not an immunologist. I'm not an infectious disease expert. I'm a surgeon. Yeah, right. Surgeons know you can't. Can you cut out a virus? Yeah. I, I tried it. <laughs> can try. Very, Scalpel. Very small knife. <laughs> so what do I do when I don't know something about something? I talk to an expert. Yeah. Okay. If my car's broken, I don't go to YouTube and I don't go to my cousin because he doesn't know how to fix cars. I go to a mechanic. Yeah. Um, fortunately, in my line of work, I know every infectious disease doctor in town mm -hmm. and a few across the country. So what did I do? I said, hey, guys, what do you, what's, what's up? What's on? up? Yep. Would you take this? And instantly I got back the minute it comes out. And these are the guys that are like talk about in the weeds, right? They, they know all the big words. Yeah. Um, and without hesitation, they said, yes, the science is sound. I'm taking it. I said, would, and then when it came time yeah. for kids, yeah. would you give it to your kids? And they're like, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so to me that, you know, just as, as you said, you got some yeah. assurance, you know, I'm, I'm going to as close to the source right. on, on this stuff as really there is. Yeah. yeah. And I've yet to tell, you know, I probably talked to four or five different infectious disease experts. Yeah. I've heard without reservation across the board, I would take this. No hesitation. None. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's the thing, like, and again, that's what I took solace from you guys is like, if you're, you know, if you're willing to smoke what you're selling, yep. that, that, that helps me, uh, you know. Smoking is bad for you. Yeah, sorry. Surgeon's <laughs> 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 surgeon's warning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Bad illustration, but you know, that, that does, that does matter, you know, and one of the things I've been a little frustrated in, and again, we're not helping anybody by tiptoeing around maybe some of the, you know, we want to be sensitive to where people are at, of course. And I really, I really do. And I hope before we're done this conversation, we can sort of re remove some shame and division and stuff mm. that's in the church. Like there's just no, there's no place for that. Um, that said though, I have been frustrated in my conversation with some of my friends or family members even that are, are, are kind of hardlining the, the anti-vax position. And part of it is when they, when they, you know, they come to me like, you know, they found a doctor in Moose Jaw that says, you know, such and such about the vaccine and that it's not safe. And it's like, if you have to sift and find one voice out of every hundred that should hundred thousand. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you is like what in within the medical community, of course you, if you want to find it on Google, you're going to find it. And like your, your, you know, I've got a laptop here. Like your device is increasingly tailored to feed you what you want to find. That's right. Google is optimized to give you the information, not that you need or that is true, but what they think you want to hear. Yeah. And so in the medical community, like what is the percentage of, you know, uh, congruity on that, that position that the vaccine is something It's like, it's a no brainer. You should take it. Is there, is there a lot like pretty much unanimity on that with some outliers? Like what it is, would be over 99%. Yeah. I, 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 that's what came to my mind. I mean, if I'm going to be conservative, I'll say 95%. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really, I don't know anybody specifically in the medical community that says, no, I'm not going to take it. Right. And, and I think as a Christian, and this is why I keep wanting to come back to community, as a Christian, like, you, you, we, we have to draw into community. And, like, I, I see you guys as grace to me. Like, within this church family, 
God has given us, we have, I, I have a mechanic that I go to. I know him. He's, mm. he's, he's a, you know, like I have, uh, doctors that I trust that these are, this is grace that God has given us. And if you have to look outside of the, the, you know, the realm of the people that God has put in your life, to support your position, that should be an indicator on your dashboard that maybe that's a red flag. That's may, what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, like maybe you're you're kind of operating out of yeah. uh, out of uh, the safe zone, I guess. Yeah. Um, so within all that, let's let's talk really quick about just like uh, getting some objectivity about the risks. You started down that that trail mm. there a minute ago, Shola, about like you know as as with any medication, there is risk. Mm-hmm. Of course, like, and, and if we studied the same, with the same scrutiny, uh, all the other medication that we've accepted, NyQuil, you know, Tylenol, va- yep. other vaccines that we've taken, there's probably as many or more, you know, I don't know the last time I read the side effects of, you know, they're on the box, but oh. I, you know, you just take it. Yep. Um, there is a unusual level of scrutiny with this because of a bunch of factors. Obviously we've had time on our hands. We've had fear and politicians and social media and so it's just this big you know gas ball of <laughs> tension um so when you're helping someone let, like i actually i took time to let me let me pose the question like this let's pretend uh that you aren't physicians you are joe christian goes to king's church and you're trying to make sense of all the press conferences uh the seemingly redundant or even at times contradictory protocols and restrictions that you're you're going through you're dealing with you have to sift through the endless media and social media information you make sense of, to make sense of what's true and what isn't uh, what's overblown and what's not what politicians are doing and not doing what role the church has to play in it all these things um, how would you want to be coached into processing through this to think clearly and objectively weighing all the knowable data and calculating the known risks like if someone were, it's a long question. That was question. a humongous question. How, the question is this, it was a setup, but like pretend you're Joe Christian. I fell for it. And how would you want to be coached? You're confused about this. Right. You don't know what to believe or what to trust. How would you want to be coached into, hey, here's, here's the objective things you need to know and here's the risks you need to weigh. And, 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 and admitting that there are risks with the vaccine, but that's not the only risk in this scenario. Yeah. I, I think um, really what, what I would tell um, someone like that would be that, yes, there are risks, but you must know that the, the benefit far outweigh, outweigh whatever risk you could get from this. That, right. that's, that's the opener for me. Uh, the risks, I'll, I'll start with the minor risks. You know, get a bit of lightheadedness, dizziness, nausea, maybe some diarrhea, maybe a, a headache. A fever a few days later, maybe swelling at the site of the injections. These uh, will come and go within a few days, and they would go away. This is common with most vaccines, um, uh, and it doesn't is not peculiar to to the um, uh, COVID vaccine. Okay. Um, more specifically, with the mRNA vaccine, which we have here in this country, um, um, myocarditis, inflammation around the heart, has been sort of mentioned a few times and exceedingly rare um, and almost always a hundred percent recovery uh, and so when we look at the risks um, uh, vis-a-vis the, the benefits and the protection we get from from the vaccine it's a no-brainer yeah. 
um, yes, there are risks. There's a risk just walking out of your house in the morning. And there's risk with everything that we do. And this, this, this vaccine is no different, but the, the level of the risk cannot be comparable to the benefit we get from it. Mm. And that's the simple way I'm going to uh, um, explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have two points. Firstly, if it were me, yeah. and just my way to, to process a question, because as you mentioned in your exceedingly long-winded question there. <laughs> hey. Uh, no, it was great. Um, the, there's a lot of peripheral stuff swirling around, mm. right? You yeah. mentioned, well, my, you know, the politics of it, and, you know, the I got to wear a mask now, or do I have to wear a mask? Mask, no mask, yeah. no mask. Yeah. Right, there's sort of all of the social stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hope that if someone were coaching me through a specific question, should I take a vaccine or not? All the other stuff's irrelevant. Uh-huh. Yes, that's uh-huh. completely irrelevant. Yeah. It's smoke and it's mirrors. Yeah. There is a virus, as we've established. Mm-hmm. There's no cure for the virus, but we got a great vaccine. Should I, Jeff Cook, take this vaccine Yes or no. Let's isolate that question. But the NDP said, yeah. no. But my neighbor had this thing go wrong. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm going to go to a trusted source. For me, yeah. that would be the infectious disease guy that yeah. lives down the street that I know well. Yeah. And I would say, please, Steve, can you sift out all of the peripheral stuff? Okay. Whatever it is. And I'm not saying yeah. that that other stuff is, that it doesn't is irrelevant. Yeah, for sure. I'm not at all saying it doesn't matter. It does matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we'll speak to that stuff later. But that's not the question at hand. Mm-hmm. All that's doing is distract. That's a bunch of squirrels yep. running around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Give me the blinders. That's why horses wear blinders when they go in a race. Keep the objective in mind. Yeah. Okay, what do I need to do? I need to run straight. I don't care what the other horses are doing. I don't care if there's ladies in crazy hats in the stand distracted. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay? Keep the blinders on. This specific question... Give me this specific answer mm-hmm. with the best available evidence. evidence. And to me, it's unequivocally, yeah. yes, have the vaccine. Yeah. So the, the second point, and again, this may open up stuff for later, yeah. is, is it just for me? Mm-hmm. It's not just for me. Mm. Okay. There are segments of our population that cannot be vaccinated. Children under the age of 12, people with certain medical conditions, although it's a relatively rare thing, but there are some. Mm-hmm. Uh, severely immunocompromised people uh, are at high risk. So there are segments of our population that cannot be vaccinated or are not going to mount the response that the rest of us are. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if they are vaccinated, Correct. they're still at risk. Correct. Yep. As we're seeing right now. So as my wife would love to say to me, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not just for you. Yeah. Right. It's so you don't get COVID and spread it to your it's child somebody else yeah right. so you don't get covid and spread it to your dad who's on chemotherapy yeah it's so you don't get it and right fill in the blanks yeah the longer the covid swirls around in our society the longer it has to mutate mm-hmm. the more these variants come around and just luck of the draw some of the variants are going to be weak and die off but some of them aren't yeah, yeah absolutely and that's why we get the deltas yeah. that's right we don't get the deltas just because it's a Wednesday. We got the Delta because COVID's been swirling around on Earth for a year and a half now, and we haven't got the herd immunity to knock it down. Absolutely. Okay. So there is also a beyond my own freedom and safety reason to get the COVID vaccine. There's also 
to protect the people we love and on a societal scale to keep the vulnerable from getting ill yeah. and dying and to keep our healthcare system from collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I want, I want to come back to serving other people when it gets to like the church. I want to talk about the church in just a minute, but before we leave this conversation about risks, like I think, I think you make such an important point about like, let's, let's just isolate this, this conversation. And I know, I know that cause I, I fight these, these thoughts and feelings as well. And they're valid. You know, when you say like, put the blinders on, there's this voice inside of my head. Yeah. That's what the man wants you to do. Mm. Right. Like that's, or that's what they're doing. They're trying to, you know, bait you out here with this and you're just going to keep taking. And like, there are questions to be asked about our civil liberties. There are like, there have been like full stop. There's been stuff I've flat out disagreed with how the government's gone about it. I've had real hard, real problems with the way they've communicated and the general coddling of the population or like there's a, anyway, I don't want to go down the whole tirade of that, but it is hard to disconnect you know, the, the actual vaccine from the other things it's quote unquote connected to. But the tragedy in not doing that is it places a value on the vaccine issue that in and of itself isn't there. So true. Yeah. That's and my fear, like I, I like the, the part that I, I almost weep about for some of my friends that are like literally eyeballing losing their jobs um, from my perspective, like I share all the concerns about Canada. I share, you know, I share those concerns. I'm not, I don't say, I'm not saying they're invalid. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned about, you know, what's going to happen after this. Yep. But when it comes to you, your life, this vaccine and this particular fight, you know, the thing I keep saying, I've said this to many people, like this is not the hill I'm going to die on. Hmm. You know, I do have hills that I'm like, no, you know, like as a Christian, as a father, as a citizen that I, I'm glad to stand up and say, but I, I, I think it's unfortunate that with the vaccine specifically, that has been loaded up with political weight and uh, social weight and, and, and a lot of stuff that if you can just isolate, is this okay for me to get? Is it healthy? Um, you would come to a different conclusion and right. one that would actually, I think the tragedy of that is you are already paying a higher price to not like get to when you get talking risk reward, yeah. you're already, you're losing more. Like I've said this too, and I, and this isn't a secret. Like I, as a healthy, you know, 38 year old male, like I'm generally not super worried about getting coronavirus for myself. I think you bring up a great point about for other people. Yep. Um, you know, so if I'm like a one out of 10 scared of the coronavirus and maybe say I'm a three out of 10 scared of the vaccine, but I'm not, but I say I was, well, I'm a seven out of 10 scared of being unemployed, oh. you know, or like losing my job or that kind of stuff. And it's oh. like, I, 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 I would, I want to hope that within the church at very least we can, we can come out of the, maybe the whirlwind of the political concerns of the social concerns societal concerns and just like I think people need permission to take this one as an isolated you know event and let's just take this one for what it is because it is right right I mean unfortunately society as you say has strapped all this baggage onto it right are you vaccinated yeah are you not vaccinated yeah oh you must be a republican yeah right. yeah it's a biology question Okay. Right. People are confusing physics and biology for feelings and ideology. Yes. Wow. Okay. Say it again. 
I will, because that sounded really yeah. good. <laughs> but no, it's true. Yeah, people, people are yeah. confusing physics and biology for feelings and ideology. ideology. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah. We're talking simple physics and biology. Yeah. Coronavirus is spread through the yeah. air if you cough on people. Yeah. So don't go around people. Can I preach for a second Please. on that? So. And this is really why I want to have this with Christian brothers is like, I think there are, there's spirits at work in our age. And one of the tells is, you know, it's interesting that the, there are anti-vax people that generally lean conservative. I'm generalizing, but, uh-huh. but generally it's, you know, Republican, you know, it, and they would be the ones that if you took, if they took your statement about people are confusing ideology and feelings with bi- biology, bio- and, biology and, and you know they and would say other science yeah. they would say though because on other issues gender sexuality they're the first to say it well you can't it's science you know science doesn't care facts don't care about your feelings oh. but you're not applying the same logic fairly to yourself on this particular issue uh-huh and that's why I think this, there's a spirit at work. It's the same. It's, it's so crazy when you think of the same people that are saying, you know, on the other side of it, too. Let's let's take the most ardent pro-vax people that can be just as putridly aggressive that are saying, you know, you should be forced into having a vaccine. Um, they're also the same people that would say my body, my choice, pro, pro-abortion. So I, I think there are spirits at work here that believers need to just like kind of take a step back and not be duped into some of the the currents the currents of the spirits that are at work behind all this we do and unfortunately coronavirus is hitting us at a time in history where politics is so divisive Mm. the internet feeds you whatever it thinks you should hear Mm mm-hmm um, and essentially people are being forced to choose camps and camps come associated with these huge baskets of goods. Yep. And well, if you're in this camp, you got to, you got to take everything that's in the basket and oh, but if you're on, on this side, you got to take everything in this basket. Yep. And well, we think this and this and this, and we've taken this stand on the vaccine. Right. And so COVID vaccine is just one of these things that that has now been put into this basket and removed from this basket and like well I, I agree with these guys on all on all this, well, all this, all this or this some one. of this yeah. and I guess well if they aren't in right yeah. so it's tribalism it really is yeah um, and to get back to the very heart of that long-winded question <laughs> It's, okay, I got it. No, no, I, <laughs> never do that again. You lost me after the first one. It, it's put the blinders on and very specifically answer this very specific question. Okay, yeah. we can wrestle with the tribalism yeah. and the ideologies, some of which will never be solved. Mm-hmm. Some of it will, and yeah. and we are responsible to try to deal with a lot of that other stuff as well. But if you ask me a specific question about a specific vaccine yeah. in a specific virus in 2021. My answer is yeah. unequivocally you should take it. And I think also, if we look at the other side of this, okay, if we all choose not to get the, the vaccine, what's going to happen? Mm. 
I mean, we all are aware of all the chaos that, that started this a year ago, 18 months ago, number of people dying, everything grounded. Is that really how we want to live our lives mm. for who knows how long? Uh, we, we're talking about herd immunity. How much will it cost the society and how many people are going to die or become ill for us to get herd immunity by active immunity? Right. It's just the cost. The cost is, is too cost high. It's just too high for the society. Yeah, yeah. it's true. O- o- over one in five hundred Americans have died from COVID. That's the latest stat. One in five hundred. One in five hundred Americans, and they have not even achieved herd immunity. Correct. It's going to wipe out virtually <laughs> half of the earth. So, right, yeah. like those are pretty staggering it's, numbers. It, it is. So it's it's not fair to downplay the virus. No, that, that, we can't downplay yeah. this virus. It's not a joke. No joke. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So on the conversation of risks, like I think it's abundantly clear here. I do want to jump back on the tribes thing, though. I think it, it is important that people. I mean, obviously, all three of us are quote unquote pro-vax, but we're we're not. Like we're not part of a camp. Like I'm not the, pro-vac. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just pro-science. I'm yeah. pro-sound thinking. Yeah. I mean, I look yeah. for the evidence. I think for myself, and I choose what I feel is right. Right. It, it, so, so the the most ardent, uh, not not like you know, bro, placard yeah. and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. The most ardent pro-science, pro-vaccination doctor I ever knew was also one of my Christian heroes. Uh, growing up, he was a few years older than me. He was an infectious disease doctor. He was one of the reasons I even decided to go into medicine. Um, he unfortunately died a few years ago. Um, but he, like unequivocally, would tell me, Jeff, there's been no greater advance to public, not public, like public health oh. division of the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, health in the general population there's never been anything better than vaccines period yeah like nothing even comes close yeah it's like antibiotics no no not even close heart medication no everybody still dies of heart disease they just do it a little later vaccinations have literally changed the course of human history absolutely i absolutely agree with that Interestingly, since the advent of vaccinations, even though they have positively changed the course of human history unequivocally, there's always been a small camp of Mm anti-vaxxers. Interestingly, it's also, to a large extent, been aligned with the church. Yep. Um, And and so there's that history. Yep. Okay, and we can't deny that history. Um, And it's not a a finger point here Mm -hmm. or there. It's an acknowledgement. Okay, this is not a new... Thing. This is not the first time that people, Christians, have ever had this discussion. They were having this very discussion 100 years ago in 1918. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyway, all, all that to say, we don't have to buy the whole basket of goods. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You can, as Shola says, you know, I'm not a pro-vaxxer, I'm a pro-science, and that doesn't mean he, you know only the scientific method and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But the scientific method has been around for I don't know how many hundred yeah. years for a good reason. Absolutely. But the irony too is like it was Christians that developed the scientific method arguably Absolutely, and yeah. like modern medicine, hospitals, like this is 
this is our stuff. Luke, and Luke, Luke was a pretty famous guy, I'm told. He was, yeah. yes, yes. The second great physician, yeah, <laughs> sort yeah. of. It's like, nah. But, uh, you know, like, it's, it's ironic, though, that, like you said, and it, fair enough, criticism, like, it, it has held a foothold in the church. And unfortunately, I, 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 if somebody in our congregation still decided for whatever reason to not get vaccinated, like, they've heard, they've heard the collective wisdom here and what, whatever, like, you know, I, what I would say as your pastor, even even beyond your personal choice here, is come out of the tribal associations, though. And like if you're constantly going to the Internet to find, you know, things, voices that support your position to the detriment of a more holistic approach within the body of Christ, I, I think you're in error. Huh. And, and that's, that's the error, the, the greater error, actually. It's, it's, yes, I think it's unwise to not get vaccinated, but the error, though, is, is, be, is being duped into this tribalistic thing oh. that, that has no place in the body of Christ. And I, I think that's a, such a huge piece. So the risks clearly, uh, you would say, exponentially are, are surpassed by the reward of it's, it's an, it's a no brainer. As you guys ha have said, there are, there's, there were a couple of questions. And I don't know if we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but about moral risks with this specifically, there were a lot of people that, that cited, you know, was the vaccine created through cells from aborted fetuses and how can we morally take a vaccine that has its roots in something that we, you know, abhorrently, uh, reject what what would you guys what what do you guys know about that what how how do you process that um, yeah so so the mrna vaccine specifically pfizer and moderna the ones that we have uh were were not created using field tissue yeah so we're, we're going to rewind the tape back to the 60s or 70s 60s, yep. so there was a, a fetal cell line that was developed, um, which has been used for well, what, 50, 50 60, years, 60 years uh, now, it, it essentially as the the standard, quote unquote, for a human cell line. So when new medications are made, when new whatever, they they use that cell line uh, to test, test new drugs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because it's been around for sixty years you have a 60-year track record to know how that cell line will respond to different drugs. And so it's a very reproducible, measurable, dare I say scientific, uh, mm -hmm. way of, as we talked about before, eliminating as much bias when you're doing an experiment. Right. The origin of that cell line is, I believe, from aborted tissues. Yeah. Um, so, now again, and maybe it's semantics, maybe it didn't, but it, the the cell line is not in, those cells are not in the vaccine. They weren't using those cells to create the vaccine. Basically, it, it's a test, mm -hmm. okay? Right. To test the drugs on. And, and it's now essentially the standard test for medications. Right. Yeah. So it's not it's not a constant supply of aborted no. tissues. So, no. so this cell line was, was taken from an aborted mm -hmm. fetus back in the 60s. And that cell line has lived, basically reproduced in a Petri dish 
for 60 years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and just Cor- correct me if I'm wrong no, on any of those no, details. No, that's, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and for the mRNA vaccines, the cell line is not included in the vaccine at all. Mm-hmm. It was tested on the cell line to prove that there will be uh, immune response, um, but that was all the contact the mRNA vaccine had with the cell line. Okay. Um, but it's not a part of the of the constituent of the vaccine itself, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't used to develop uh, the vaccine either. Yeah, and I think from a pastoral, like theological standpoint, you know, there are there are, and if people are concerned about this, like there's been some Christian organizations that have put some pretty good articles on the morality of this and how to think about it and process it, and it is possible as a believer to fully reject abortion. Um, you know, we, we, that's our position. Um, and obviously like were it in our power to like, if we knew that this was being propagated by this, we, we are, we are responsible to stand, you know, in opposition to that. Uh-huh. Um, that said with this, with this, I heard one guy say, you know, we can call that abortion a tragedy and yet still benefit from from the uh, the science that came from that. And he said it, he used the analogy of the same way nobody right now is, um, you know, second guessing the peace that we're living under as a result of the bombs that were dropped on Japan in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like all of us as Christians would say, as a believer, I have a problem with atomic weapons being obliterating cities. I just have a fundamental issue with that. That doesn't mean though, that I need to reject the peace and live as though we're still in war because it was achieved by means that I reject. Um, and I thought that was a one helpful way of thinking about it from a redemptive standpoint. The the Vatican, the Catholic Church has a really good paper on it. Christianity Today, if you want to check that out, they have a paper as well. I don't know if, Ron, can we link that stuff? We'll link that somewhere. You guys can find it. So, But uh, it's it's a fair question. So last, like, start to zoom in here a little bit. There's a lot of, uh, you know, biblical conspiracy you know, not just biblical, but conspiracy connected to this. I had some people asking about, um, you know, the great reset. Uh, there's some language going around about that, that basically there's this kind of cabal of, you know, power players that are arranging these events in order to take away, you know, our, our civil freedoms and liberties to sort of control the population. And, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff out there about the great reset don't Google it. Um, there's a lot of just uh, a lot of conspira- a lot of conspiracies, um, and then specifically within the church as well. You know, and I've even I've had a couple moments where I've wanted to bang my head against the wall pretty hard on some people that have literally sat through two years of preaching through Revelation, and they're asking me if this is the mark of the beast. Hmm. And I'm, I, I thought you were going to say they're asking if it's Revelations. I've had that too. <laughs> I've had that too. Um, so. Anyway, I'll save my I heard rant. somewhere that it's not. It's is not. It revelation? It, it's, it's the, yes. I have learned. <laughs> it's revelation. <laughs> There's no S in revelation. It's revelation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the book of revelations. Got it. And that's your first tell that this take is not good. If the guy's like, turn to revelations 13, four, it's like, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't even know the title. Anyway. Um, you know, what's, what's your take on, 
Wow. Mark of the Beast. Mark and of, will this okay. lead to the Mark of the Beast? And Right. My take is, first and foremost, when it comes to the cause of, 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 of the earth, how things are going to end, you and I cannot stop it. It's written. Mm-hmm. You could put placards everywhere and match on every town hall you want across the world. It's coming. It's going to happen. Maybe you like it or not. Yeah. Uh, the means by which it's going to happen, again, you have absolutely no control over it. Go and read your, your scriptures. No say, no, or it's, indication even. Yeah, it's going to happen. Maybe you like it or not. And you could, you could do whatever you want to try and stop it. Forget it. It's going to happen. The cause of history, the, the world has run a cause of history over however many years. And if you read through scripture, you'll see the things that have been prophesied happening over and over and according to time, and nobody has been able to stop it. Mm-hmm. That's that said. Um, when it comes to the mark of the beast, this is not the mark of the beast. I don't think it is. And with regards to the mark of the beast, as far as I know, you will be a hundred percent sure what you are getting yes. when you are getting it, and the purpose for which you are getting it yeah. is to buy and sell. Full stop. If you get it. You be you 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 are part of the the that world order, the Antichrist order. If you refuse to get it, you pay with your life, mm-hmm. uh, or you starve to death. Yeah, and it's it's clear nobody's gonna sneak it into your body. Nobody is gonna drug you with it. You would open eyedly yeah. walk into it and say, "Yep, give it to me because I want to I want to leave." Yeah, um, and that's that. As if you read the yes. scripture, that's that's what you get. Nobody nobody got tricked. Nobody. Nobody's like, oh, crap. Go, oh, I gosh, the I got the mark of the beast by mistake. I guess it's too late no, for me. No, you That's, would know you yes. would beg for it. Well, there's a, and to, to not get too far into the weeds on the book of Revelation, but like there's there's multiple, th- with God's word, it's eternal. So with Revelation, this is what we've been learning as a congregation, like it has happened, it is happening, and it ultimately will happen. Like there's a final iteration of this, but the appropriate thing is to ask in what ways is this sort of happening now? And then, you know, is this the great mark of the beast? But all that to say, if you go back to Rome and who John the Revelator was specifically referencing when he said 666, there's a number of Nero specifically. And what he was talking about was you literally had to in certain places in the Roman empire in order to buy and sell, you actually had to say hail Caesar Lord, Lord of the earth kind of thing before you went in. And actually Christians, you know, when we cross our fingers behind our back, that was actually developed by Christians who in some, you know, spiritual jerry rigging decided that if I cross my fingers behind my back, while I say Caesar's Lord, it doesn't really count. And that, though, was a form of taking the mark. Now, I do believe there's going to be an ultimate version of that. But to your point, it would be the mark of the beast if you went into your uh, doctor or wherever you got your vaccine and they said, all right, before I give you this shot, you need to deny Christ and say, hail Caesar, hail, hail Trudeau, he is Lord, and I'll give you the shot. You know, like then maybe you might perk up a little bit and be like maybe or but maybe it's just the next Nero yeah or that yeah but but even even still though like the point of the mark of the beast is it's something that causes you to deny the supremacy of Christ in your life that's right and the vaccine in no way 
has caused you to deny Jesus as Lord. And we can even get into the conversations about restrictions on churches. And this is where the, it's been inconvenient, uh-huh. full stop. But at no point has the government imposed my ability to worship Jesus as supreme. Like he's, he, they have, and that to me is my line. Yeah. Like the, when they come knocking and saying, and this is what happened in, in Nazi Germany. And this is why like Bonhoeffer and co all started rejecting and they created their own, their own church sect was the national church or the church got in bed with the Nazis. Uh. And in order to do that, basically proclaimed the sovereign rule of the third Reich and forfeited basically the lordship. So in the very real sense, taking, you know, the power of the beast kind of over them. Uh-huh. So all that to say, it's not, it's not the mark of the beast. Um, this particular thing. Now, is this a dry run for what would happen in future? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But yeah, but to say that this is the mark of the beast and so on, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Again, back to even if it is, everything is ultimately leading unto the end. So of everything's course, connected. Yeah. Of course, yes. But at the, you will come to a point of decision and you will know... You know, this is where Jesus says, like, if you deny me before all men, I'll deny you before my father. But if you, you know, if you stand for me, I will, I will advocate for you. You will know in that moment when, like, you know, you have a decision. Do I live under the rule and reign of the empire, even though it's going to cost me to forfeit Uh my allegiance to Christ? There won't, there won't be a surprise. No, it won't be a surprise. You will clearly know yeah. what you're getting into yeah. and yeah. you would you would clearly say yes i want the mark of no uh, I, I will pay with my life absolutely so i want to talk really quick as we kind of bring her bring her to a close you guys this has been super helpful but i do want to address just sort of christian living and you know kind of come out of maybe the the more um aggressive takes on revelation the mark of the beast that kind of stuff and most people aren't struggling with that uh-huh. but people definitely are struggling with this you know, and, you know, as you guys have observed this whole thing unfolding, not just in the public, but specific to the church, um, how do you process this as a believer? Like what, what is informing you? I know you're not separating that necessarily from being a physician, but specifically, you know, speaking to our community as a, a, a voice that's got more than just a lay person opinion about this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, what's informing, what, what's important, I think, to, that we need to sort of lay out there for Christians to just be circumspect about, about this whole thing. Like, like, how would you advise them to be thinking through this from a position of faith? I think for me, it's really the scripture says what does the Lord require of you is to, you know, just to walk humbly and, and just live righteously. Mm-hmm. Um, live a life such that you are not a bother to the next person and you care for your neighbor. I think that's really it. Care for yourself, care for your neighbor, care for those around you and do whatever it takes to make the person next to you comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's, that's really what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, uh, you know, I've been reminded every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord hmm. and in specifically to the Christian community I know there's a, a portion of it I mean again there's a 
there's a bunch of ideological reasons Mm -hmm. why people are hesitant to get the vaccine. Jesus and modern medicine are not mutually exclusive. Correct. Yes. Uh, and consider that the vaccine is indeed a good gift. You know, if you got pneumonia tomorrow, you would probably go to the hospital and get an anti- antibiotic mm-hmm. and, and not, I don't want to say simply pray, because I, I certainly believe in the power of prayer, but I, I don't think you're going to completely throw out yeah. you know, 2,000 years of medical advancement because when you do that, it often leads to poor outcomes, right? And, right. and they're pretty public cases. Yeah. Um, no you know, blood transfusions, that kind of stuff. Right, or any, anyway, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we can draw specific yep. cases, but, but let's keep it high level. Modern medicine and Jesus are not mutually exclusive. Tis. And you can be ardently following Jesus, and it, in my opinion, it in no way hinders or prevents you from accepting a vaccine. At the base level, they may be unconnected. At, at a higher level, I, I honestly think it, it's been it's been a grace gift yeah. to humanity. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a deliverance from suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Is there a world where you know there's the old? Uh, you guys have been around church longer than I have. You've probably heard the analogy of. I the, think he's saying we're old. Older than I am. I'm old. <laughs> but uh, I'm not. There's that analogy, though, of the preacher. He talks about the, you know, the, the man that was in a flood and he climbed up on his roof and he's praying to God and God's going to save me from this flood. And, you know, he's praying, God save me. And, you know, a boat came by and said, hey, come on, we'll get you to help. And he said, no, nope, God's going to save me. And then the flood rise, rose some more. And a little later on, a helicopter flies overhead and drops a ladder and says, nope, God's going to save me. But then the flood comes up and takes him and he stands before God someday and says, God, I thought you were going to save me. And say, I sent you a boat and a helicopter and you didn't take it. Right. You know, and, and that's a great analogy of yeah. really summing up sort of how I see this. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's a helicopter. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't see a spiritual compromise right. that one has to make in order to accept the ladder from the helicopter. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm actually starting to wonder if there's more spiritual compromise the other way, um, to be fair. Uh-huh. Um, just again, I, I, I don't think we're serving anybody by beating around the bush on some of this. I I was saying to uh, my uncle the other day, you know, there's a world where I said just let's just pretend for a minute that there is no evil cabal that's pulling the strings. And let's just pretend that even the government have the best intentions. Let's let's just give them the benefit of that just for a minute as a Christian. Um, There's a world where, you know, a lot of folks in the church and certain churches, even at the one time where the people that God has put on the earth to be the first to serve the greater good, have been the most resistant to it. And that should cause us to just take a thought, take a second thought about this. Like Mm. if your church is the most ardent of fighting for your rights as a Canadian, 
and not fighting for, you know, the life and health of the community that God's planted you in. Like there's, there's real salt and light questions here to be asked to the church. And I think the church isn't doing as well with it Mm -hmm. as we'd hope. And I wonder if there won't be some accountability before God someday. It's like, no, I actually planted you there to be a leader, to diffuse, to actually diffuse dissension and criticism and conspiratorial thinking and, you know, accusation and division. And you didn't do that. You, you incited it. You threw fuel on that fire. And my my wife made a great point the other day. We were discussing this and she said, "Did, did Jesus ever ardently fight for his own personal rights the gospel is right and and it basically shut down you're like <laughs> that's yeah. the, the bible mic drop and, and the answer is no yeah no so and i would also say that the probably safe to say the vast majority of people who i've had this discussion with who have been hesitant towards it when you boil it down it's not a scientific debate that yes. they're having in their mind yeah it's it's, it's something personal yeah. yes something and Deep, deeply and yep. and fair enough exactly but are we called to ultimately stand up for ourselves or are we called to lay it down mm-hmm. yes um and and again i'm not in any way trying to say that if you don't take the vaccine you're somehow not accepting salvation but there is a way of salvation though that is like, don't be surprised if in the invitation to follow the one who laid his life down and gave up his rights for the betterment of others. Right. And, and now, now I think we're, we're speaking more generally to the, to the, the church, the church response yes. and not specifically the guy in, in line to get a vaccine. Yeah. But the church response to this whole thing, if, if you find, you know, if you're, if you honestly kind of look at your motivations for ardently protesting this, and if that reason is self-serving in any way, then I don't think that you have any moral ground to stand on. Yeah, as a Christian. As a Christian. Yeah, within the greater community, yeah. I think that's, that that really, I think, is the big question. Like, what I would, as a pastor, want our people to be considering is, like, examine the fruit of just, just your life right now. And specific with this, this debate raging at the center of a lot of it, you know, it says in Galatians, like the, the fruit of the flesh is evident. Like I actually wrote it down in Galatians five, Paul talks about, you know, basically dissension, fits of rage, hatred, discord, envy, you know, factions, dissensions. That's the fruit of the flesh. Yeah. And then, he's, then he contrasts that, though, you know, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and we reap the fruit of the Spirit that is, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And if you examine yourself or even, you know, certain church movements, like it's not typified by peace, love, joy, gentleness. But this is our moment as we, as believers, Mm. you know, where we, God actually has positioned us here in this moment. He, we could have been born any other time. We could have been in the 1918 version of this. We could have been in the hundred years between and missed it entirely. Like my Mm -hmm. grandfather did or whatever, you know, but this is our moment. 
to represent the Lord Jesus. And, and I, and I fear that we at a time where God wants us to be a non-anxious presence, Mm. you know, maybe are missing, a lot of us are missing that, that call and getting caught up in the anxiety of the moment. That's right. Yeah. And my hope, even in this conversation was to kind of, if this can, even just the tone and, you know, tenure, is it tenure of our, of our conversation here? Not tenure, tenor. Anyway, your timber, 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 timber. But even the tone of this conversation, like I, my hope is that it, it just diffuses, like it says, like Paul said to Timothy, like we have not been given a spirit of fear, but God has given us a, a, a love, love sound, sound mind, mind, love, discipline, a love, power, and a sound, sound mind, mind. There you go. a love, power, and a sound mind. Like these are the things that are supposed to label us. And if the fruit of your life right now, believer is anger, rage, fear, anxiety, dissension, criticism, conspiracy. Mm. You know, I was thinking this earlier today, like what is that thing in us that, that is drawn to conspiracy and what place does that have for a believer to get caught up, you know, pointing at flesh and blood Mm. when we know like we war not against flesh and blood. Like, yeah, there is a cabal behind it all called powers and principalities and rulers of this dark world. It's not people. There is, there is an evil force that is trying to make things worse. We've got to see beyond, like we got to be the ones that see beyond, you know, political leaders and pharmaceutical companies. And like, we need to see with spiritual eyes and just recognize like that conspiratorial disposition. You know, there's a, there's a spirit on that, like divination almost. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, any, uh, any final thoughts guys on what you'd say to your church to what's our call in this moment? Yeah, I think our call really is just to, you know, keep our heads down, shine as light in, in darkness, be a source of courage and encouragement to those around us mm-hmm. and just care for those around us really. Um, get our heads out of the conspirations, cons- conspiracy yeah. and all the you know, commotion and, and chaos going on around us and just fix our gaze on him, yeah. really. Um, the more we look at the world around us, the, the more confusion and chaos that we see, the more that affects our own mm-hmm. personal psyche. But when we fix our gaze on him, then we can get peace, we can get, you know, we can get anxieties settled mm-hmm. um, just by getting the peace that comes from his presence. Yeah. Uh, and as we gaze on him and fix our focus on, on him, we are able to positively affect those around us. Yeah. Uh, but if we are the same as those around us, being pushed to and fro with, with anxiety and, and chaos and, and, and fear, mm-hmm. then how are we different? What spirit do we have in us? Yeah. Uh, but if there's a peace and a quietness around us uh, and a confidence that it's all going to be okay, yep. that's what's going to draw people to Christ. Mm-hmm. But if you cry wolf when everybody cries wolf, then yep. how, are we, how are we different? That's right. We are no different. Uh, yeah. The mark of Christ must be seen in us, not just in words, yeah. but in action, yeah. the way we live our lives. Yeah. The way we, everybody's running away from coronavirus, but yeah, you're saying, well, you know, the Lord will, 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 will protect me and that. And yeah. you would do what is right. Yeah. The Bible says that we should give to Caesar what he Caesar's and to God what's, what's God's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we should learn to obey the authority that God has placed over us. God put them there for a purpose. Yeah. 
and nobody gets into a position without God's permission. Mm-hmm. And so, just living our lives in, in, within the confines of, of, of what Jesus has, has asked us to do will free us from all, all anxiety and yep. fear and, and torment yep. that this generation has, has got to give. If we think things are going to get any better, we delude ourselves. The world is going to go from worse scenarios to worse scenarios. That's the cause of history. Yep. And things are not going to get any better. So the sooner we focus ourselves on, on, on Christ mm-hmm. and fix our gaze on him, the sooner we'll get our peace, the sooner we'll be a light to the world yeah. that, the God, that, that the Lord has called us to. Preach. Yeah. And get a vaccine. <laughs> it, w- it would help yeah let me let me say this in closing too just a pastoral recommendation would be this um if you're struggling with this um yeah obviously you've heard the medical the medical stuff but from a a lifestyle this is a recommendation to anybody as a christian um humility mm. is key it's it's a key in the kingdom and anytime we are drawn into hyper individualism uh, tribalism, all those things that are at, at work right now, it it's connected to self-preservation and pride. Huh. Humility, simplicity, turn off your phone, turn off the news, stop listening to the echo chamber 24-7, oh. stop feeding your need to to keep that fuel going or whatever like turn it off go outside play with your kids man i shut i shut i about the same time i was having my vaccine you know i i I went on summer break right after shut my phone off for a month i felt amazing (laughs) and guess what like the world kept chugging along yep. it's like oh is there still a virus i didn't even know you know like just simplicity man like i think part of the problem is just the social media vortex mm-hmm. that we live in it's everything's instant everything's hyper and in your face and it's everything's 10 out of it's 20 out of 10 all the mm-hmm. time humility simplicity community the devil wants to isolate you and divide you and god is calling us to actual unity the hard work of community mm-hmm that's built on humility and trusting people that God has put in your life, trusting other voices. If the people who are supporting your opinion, aren't your, aren't the people who love you or do life with you or know you or give a rip about what you do. Like, why are you listening to them over people who actually care about you? And that, that would be my biggest, my biggest admonition to people who are processing Humility, simplicity, community. There's my three-point sermon. That's good. Cool. We take an altar call, but it's just the three of us <laughs> in here. Guys, thank you so much. This has been really, really good. In fact, like I like I'm I'm really glad that we did this and I'm grateful to you for kind of going on the record here and uh, risking that and uh, we really do hope that nobody feels any degree of shame or condemnation but invitation. Uh, it's really our heart and our hope. And uh, if you have any questions or criticisms, you can email dan.lamus at kingschurch.cc. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did just by way of final thoughts uh, so as to attempt to mitigate any offense or shame or hard feelings or all those things. I just want to take a minute 
and, and address a few things. And we're going to have the music playing. Ron's got the music going, so I really am just going to be a minute. But I think it's important that you hear this, uh, especially to those of you who are part of King's Church and my, my family, my church family. Uh, to those of you who aren't getting the vaccine, I want to say this. Although I question your logic and your risk assessment, I respect your right and the deep convictions you have about this. And this vaccine conversation was only an attempt to provide trustworthy info for those of you who are genuinely looking for it within a communal context. Uh, This podcast was in no way an attempt to shame you or condemn you or throw shade at you. Uh, There are many in our congregation who are struggling with these questions, and we wanted to serve you with good, trustworthy information. What you do with it is totally up to you, and I will never treat you with contempt. I'll never treat you as a second-class citizen, and the doors of King's Church will always be open to you. That is a hill I will die on, and I don't think any church should close the door to anyone, whether you're vaccinated or not, and that's who we are, and I have that conviction. Uh, Know that I am deeply grieved by the way that you are being faced with this difficult decision. And I don't agree with the government mandates. Although I do support the vaccine in and of itself, I am against heavy-handed government. And I believe that what is happening right now and some of people facing losing their jobs and and such, uh, it's it's difficult to watch. And I empathize with you. Uh, God does not force our will. And I think it's poor leadership and it's bad societal policy to do so. Uh, We'll talk more on that in just a second. Uh, As you are continuing to process or hold your position not to get vaccinated, I'd ask you to pray through this as believers. Listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit in accordance with the scripture. And I want to caution you that if you kind of land at a place where you say, you know, God told me not to get the vaccine. I want to question what you're basing that on. Is it on a feeling? Is it a gut feeling? I would caution you to beware of that. We don't, as believers, allow our gut or our flesh to guide us. We allow the authority of the word, the collective wisdom of the saints that God has put around us to guide us. And so I'd caution you to approach your decision humbly with the Lord, the word, and the community of saints that God has put around you. A person can make the Bible say a lot of things that it's not actually saying. We can also say God told me something that he didn't actually tell me. God will always push you towards humility, simplicity, and trusting the church community. So be very careful when you are saying God told me not to get the vaccine. He very well may have, but you need to know how he told you. Was it through a gut feeling? Uh, an impulse or was it through something more strong and uh, like through the communion of the saints through the scripture second to those of you who are vaccinated in the church in king's church i want to remind you that christians are those who do not see people from a worldly point of view but we see all people through the lens and value of jesus Do not allow your frustration with this situation or the restrictions that are put on us, especially those of us like myself who got vaccinated so that we could get on with our lives. Do not allow your frustration with this situation to turn into contempt for people who believe differently than you. 
Believers welcome everyone to the table. We will not treat people as clean or unclean. We will not delineate between vaccinated and unvaccinated. We will reject hyper-individualism and tribalism in all of its forms, and we will hold to a biblical ethic of community, which is a community of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation brought under the banner of Jesus. Do not contribute to the villainization of people who haven't been vaccinated. Do not let this division exist in the church. Finally, the question of government and rights is deeply concerning to me, and it warrants discussion that we will have on a future episode of the podcast. It needs to be said, however, right now that there are churches and believers out there that are fighting against the government on the issue of vaccine mandates, on the restrictions of gatherings as Christians, and with a general concern of their rights as Canadians being infringed upon. Although I share most of their concerns, I want to speak over over you, King's Church, and remind you that we do not wage war as the world does. We do not war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. We can never allow our political rights and freedoms, no matter how important they are, to trump our responsibility to the gospel of Jesus and how we represent the King in this world. We have to maintain our witness through this. Do not get caught up, even if it's well-intended, in misguided Christians and their ways that their, their churches are waging political wars in the name of Jesus. The church has a dark record of taking Jesus' name into battles that Jesus has no interest in fighting. Let's be on our guard against the deceptions of the devil, how he wants to operate out of fear and get us to operate in self-preservation and cause us to divide and villainize the people of God and to, uh, you know, ostracate or ostracize people made in God's image. Let's not desecrate the name of Jesus in the cities we live in. And let's rise up in this moment as the light of the world, because that is who we are. Grace and peace to you. I love you, King's Church. We're going to come through this, and we're going to be better for it. We'll see you soon.